Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So uh, here in 2021, my long, long time listeners know that we took a bit of a hiatus for the new book launch. Well, it's time to heat up the mic and get things back rocking and rolling because besides me now having to record the audiobook next, got to get the podcast flowing, guys. I mean, I promised you guys we'd be bringing on some great new influencers to discuss health, business, and lifestyle. So I'm excited because the, the woman that got sent to me from one of those, I'm calling them, what did I used to call them? Podcast guest agencies, whatever you want to call them. They're awesome. So I have like three, three to four key agencies that are kick it button. They give me great people. They understand what I like for my audience. And when I got this woman's bio, I was like, oh, sweet. I've had discussions around this topic before. So real quick, ladies and gentlemen, the topic is PANDAS, P-A-N-D-A-S. We're going to talk more about that. That is an acronym. Uh, Longstanding listeners, you can probably remember this from back on episode 283 with Jeanette Huber and 269 back in 2019 with uh, Pat Rigsby. And But tonight, this lady is a, a bit of a passionate woman about this because obviously this has affected somebody in her own family, her son. And obviously family means a lot to all of us, I would hope. Uh, but she discovered that, well, you got to take things in your own hands, figure things out. And unfortunately, the health uh, industry is not always knowledgeable in all areas when we need them to be. <laughs> uh, so basically, she discovered that both herself and her son were actually infected by a bacteria called uh, and I'll let her improve what I, my pronunciation is, but uh, mycoplasma could be mycoplasma, but pneumonia, and was able to follow a treatment plan to finally solve their health issues. And guys, we've talked about gut health and how the gut biome is tied to the brain and autoimmune disorders, and et cetera, et cetera. So without further ado, the owner of whatswrongwellness.com and a newer author, Elizabeth Harris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So apparently we're both new authors. Yeah. yeah. That's my book. I, I see your book zone behind you. Your setup is really awesome. Yep. Uh, and so, so ladies and gentlemen, because I love to stream these again, we always stream these live when we're recording them to the Facebook world. And then the video for the whole show ends up on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, but the advantage of doing zoom and you take advantage of videos, I can screen share. So on Amazon, ladies and gentlemen, what's wrong with my child? One mother's desperate quest to uncover what was really wrong with her family and the disturbing facts she revealed that could help save yours. So I'll make sure. Actually, I'm going to do it real time while we're on the show here. It's up for pre-order on the uh, paperback. But I have an influencer page on Amazon for all my people. And I'm going to throw this into the book recommendations page right now. There we go. See, real time. It's happening. So there you go, Elizabeth. So I have a whole Thank you. Every author I've ever had on this show, every book that I've read that has not been on this show goes in that page because uh, I have a whole library of books in there. So uh, hopefully people do that to my book one day. <laughs> uh, so so let's, let's just dive in. Um, go ahead and refresh our listeners. What is P-A-N-D-A-S? So besides a, a very cute animal. So, uh, right. <laughs> very cute it is not. <laughs> Um, PANDA stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Symptoms Associated with Streptococcal Infections. Say (laughs) that more than three times quickly. Uh, Right. Uh, So long story short, obviously we're talking about the immune system. We're talking about inflammatory responses that causes Mm -hmm. a havoc 
uh, to your brain, to your body, et cetera. Is that a good way to shorten sum it up? Yes, absolutely. It is just like a misdirected immune response when the patients have got uh, have exposure to infections or uh, viral, bacterial, parasites, anything that causes an immune response. Yeah, and it's it's from my. It's been a while since I've aired a show about this, so I'm excited. That's why I was like, I just realized that was 2019, so it's been a couple of years. So that story I heard from the last guy I had on my show, I mean, it was uh, Pat Rigsby. He's like a fitness entrepreneur, so he's like again the guy who in the health and fitness space and his child was messed up. Now, luckily he wasn't, but his child was. And hearing that story just blew my mind. And I, I mean, we're not parents here, but I get it. I was like, okay, this is like you, the person, the human being that you created is being negatively impacted by something you don't understand. But according mm-hmm. to your bio, you also were affected by it. Mm-hmm. So I don't always hear both sides of that. I, the only stories I've heard was involving the children, but you also had the right. same impacts. Well, they weren't the same. They didn't present the same, but ultimately they were. And so that was the confusing piece was, I mean, there was some good news and bad. I mean, we had adopted two children as well. So everyone was showing, everyone was showing symptoms. You know, when you get all this um, information from this or that. And finally one day I'm like, okay, wait wait a minute. They're adopted. Because you have adopted children. Rule out genes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, they have the same symptoms. I mean, they're getting diagnosed with the same things, but yet they're presenting a little bit differently. So there's definitely nuances based on, you know, what they had been, uh, you know, their environment before we adopted them, you know, but then my autoimmune disease looked completely different than my son's. Um, And mine could have been explained away by so many things, but as it progressed, you know, the end of the day, we found out it was all the same route. So now when you say your son or sons, but uh, your symptoms did were different than your genetic son or the adopted? Which one? Different than the genetic son. Okay. So your actual bloodline you mm-hmm. created mm-hmm. manifested differently. Yep. Absolutely. I, I don't know, what I'm hearing is probably worse. Is, is, it, yes. is it worse on children? It's worse on children, but I think what happens is just, you know, the more exposure they have to different agents is they get, they don't get the right treatment for the first one and then it just starts to collect. And the more it compounds, the worse it gets. And they just can't withstand any more uh, organisms. And because, you know, they're not presenting as typical sick children anymore. They did in the beginning. That's the interesting thing. Um, You know, then they start getting just put on psych meds. And so psych meds aren't antibacterial. And so that's how that happens. Well, and something I've said for five years of podcasting that I love to repeat is I'm not always a fan of the air quotes pharmaceutical band-aid because in the end, a drug is designed to treat a symptom. More often than mm-hmm. not, most drugs, I have friends in the pharmaceutical space. My wife is an Ivy League educated equine veterinary doctor. So she's gone to Cornell, UPenn, and she's like, you still got to find the root cause. You still have to keep going. The drug is going to help with the symptoms, hopefully. Uh, but mm-hmm. in the end, not all drugs are created to cure. Again, I'm quoting for people listening. It, it shows up on the video, but you, don't, you can't see my hands moving. So- how would you talk to that little statement of the pharmaceutical band-aid as I like to call it? So, Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's the symptom and then there are the um, different characteristics of the syndromes or the diagnoses, you know, but it never is any about anything about like, well, what's causing this in the first place. And so the problem is that all these exposures to these organisms they have at a very young age, I mean, they could be, resistant or they could be pathogenic or they could have been modified, you know, 
And so when the typical five-day course doesn't actually eradicate the organism, then it's able to take hold and colonize tissues and actually become part of someone's flora. And so when you said five day course, you're referencing what? An an antibiotic antibiotic regimen. Okay. Just want to make sure. Mm -hmm. So let's skip over that one. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. An antibiotic regimen. And, um, you know, we don't even really culture the organisms very thoroughly. We don't test, you know, in the right areas. We just kind of take a guess and then we don't actually culture for susceptibility that often. And so, you know, each organism is susceptible to a specific antibiotic. And so when you just say, oh, that's sinus, let's do this. Well, wait a minute, maybe that's resistant to that. So you think you've treated it. Maybe the symptoms got a little bit better, but that organism is still there. Well, do the doctors, because I've had this conversation before, I'm just intrigued how you're going to go with this. I've heard in other stories, but also in doctors I know, even the truthful ones will state we're basically taking our medical best guess. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Did they say anything like that to you during this cycle of fun? Like you know, it's funny you should bring that up <laughs> because these days, <laughs> because these days they will speak to me in an absolute and I'll say, okay, let's back up a minute. These not days. that you, <laughs> not that you know of, <laughs> this is something that you don't know about yet. I mean, case in point, you know, our dog ended up with the syndrome similar, you know, See, now you gave me something to talk about over dinner later with my wife. I'm like, well, I I was, I was thinking the same thing when you brought that up because I've got video and I can't wait to post it because people are like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Well, he gets neurologically challenged about the same time my son. And I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) falling over a great Dane, purebred, great Dane, you know, falling over. And, um, I'm like, oh no. And so what do I do right then? I'm like, you know what? Just don't second guess yourself. You know what works. Went got some penicillin and, and gave him some. And then I had this thought in my head of like, well, what if this is the one time you're wrong and he's having some kind of, you know, seizure or he's got cancer. So I take, take that big 170 pound dog to the vet yep. and he's got a fever and blurry vision and anxiety. So I just take him back home. Well, anyway, he has like four episodes and to your point. I mean, by the third time, I'm like, do we see a pattern here? And oh, that just can't, that can't be it. That can't be it. And then the fourth episode, you know, finally, and that's what happened with my son. It's like, I just continued to bring him in and they just, the one thing that was the answer, they just continued to say, that's not possible. We, we haven't heard of that. Well, I see that's, oh, that frustrates me. Hold on. The first part, what you just said there, that's not possible because we haven't heard of that. Well, that it, okay. That's fine, yes. but now you're hearing about it. So right, now you're open, hearing at least about we it. leave the door open to other possibilities. Absolutely. Know. And you know, as, how as a- How was this, by the way? Let's, let's establish a timeline for you. Like, how, how many- A timeline. Well, it started in about 2010. Okay. And you know, the interesting thing is like for the first two or three years, you're intimidated because you're just hoping someone will help. And so you're trying to be real respectful and kind. And these days, you know- Open-minded, approachable. Okay, I'm willing to try that right. doctor. Thank you. Yeah. And you just trust really, I just trusted our pediatrician that he knew what to do, but it it was very odd when my husband, I mean, my, my son, my ex-husband was over there when this happened and we both witnessed him just completely going into these episodes, this episode one specific after struck. This is because in your bio, you talk about uncontrollable compulsions. Is that what you're referencing Mm -hmm. that? Well, when he was young, it didn't look like that. When he was 10, when it started out, 
it was uncontrollable OCD, like boiling his toothbrush. It had to be like 110 degrees to boil all the germs off. Unbuttoning his shirt, buttoning back again, walking at at two weeks after strep. I didn't put it together quite yet, but at 10 years old, overnight, he just got all these onset of OCD symptoms. Of course, I didn't really recognize what OCD was anyway, you know, I'm a spa owner. Um, and then by day two, he started making this huge tent, pulling all these blankets out and all the chairs and made this crazy tent. By day three, he was hiding behind the chair. Pupils were wide, thought bugs were crawling on him and thought people were standing outside. And I was like, okay. Like, like what's he saying? He's like visions and stuff. It, yeah, like, Mm-hmm. Like auditory and visual hallucinations, you could hear things. Sheesh. Very scary. As a parent, you got. I mean, how are you feeling? I mean, because you have. I mean, you, know, you haven't shown symptoms yet, right? This is early on, so you're just seeing your son going through crazy time. Pardon the terminology, but like, what else do you expect at this point? Well, it was like a couple of years earlier. My hands had started to go numb. And my arms. Yes, you did start showing some symptoms. I had some, but I didn't, you know, I just thought it was because I worked so much or whatever, you know, stress. I didn't think it was anything like that. But I mean, you know, after the second day, I called the pediatrician. He's like, oh, you're, he's just probably playing hide and go seek. And I was like, okay, no, he, no, he's not. So on day so three, I called again. Level of hide and go seek. Yeah, this is severe. <laughs> that's commitment to your craft right there, man. I got to say, you're a heart. Yeah, that's like a, that's a, you got a doctorate in hide and go seek right there. So. Well, and it's like, that's what they do. Everything has some kind of simple explanation that we're not intelligent enough to figure out. I mean, every single thing. And so, you know, the day, day three, there was a different doctor on call and I was describing the symptoms and, and he looked at his phone and he said, oh, we just had strep. And I was like, yes. And he said, this sounds like an acute onset of pandas. And I was like, what's pandas? Oh, now this, how, so who, who notices this? This was another doctor, doctor in practice. At the okay. This was one that was like on call. They rotated or something, okay. you know, so unbeknownst to me, um, that wasn't his doctor and he would never see him again. So I, you know, put him in the car and took him to Vanderbilt. Uh, thinking that we would walk in and say, hey, can we treat the pandas? You know, a major Tennessee hospital. Like, oh, like Vanderbilt University major. Oh, University. Okay, okay. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt. yep. Mm-hmm. And so we go in there, and I'm thinking that everybody knows what pandas is, but nobody knew what pandas was. Just me. Well, I didn't even really know. Wow. You know, so instead of bringing in a neurologist and infectious disease, they brought in a psychiatrist. They did bring in a neurologist and ran some tests, but... Okay, I like to hear that. Day. Neurologies, you're getting closer. Okay. Getting closer. Yep. I mean, I've learned that now in <laughs> five years of podcasting. I'm like, okay, we're getting closer. So we're getting closer. You know, but they don't tell you who they're bringing in. They're not like, oh, this is Dr. Jones, the psychiatrist. They're like, this is Dr. Jones. And so as a mom, you're thinking, okay, th- this is the doctor. Okay. Different, yeah. definitely a different kind of doctor. <laughs> not, not saying they're not well educated. I minored in right. psychology, so I I totally I I love psychology. I'll geek out on that. But that, yeah, as a parent, I think I would want to know whether or not it's an MD or, you know, a psych, psych, well, psychiatric or psychologist, you know, whatever. There's two different versions. One gives you the drugs, one doesn't. So, One talks to you. Yeah. Um, one yeah. talks to you a lot. <laughs> okay. So then, um, you know, once they said there was nothing in his final tap, you know, they did run some tests, then they discharged him. And I was like, discharged him with what? Kid through a spinal tap? And they just send you home. Yeah, a couple of days later. Just just send him home. It was aggressive. It was aggressive. But I mean, he was, you know, it was very concerning. And I said, what do you, uh, d- you know, what happened? 
And he said, well, you know, everything's better. I said, yep. Okay. Anyway, I, I grabbed the chart and I said, okay, this is psychosis resolved, but how did you resolve it? And what caused it? Oh, they had that already documented that way. Mm-hmm. That's how they were going to discharge him with that diagnosis. Okay. I'm getting a little like, fired up for you. Okay. 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 Thank you. <laughs> I just thought, what's going on here? And so the only, I said, is there any lab tests for pandas? The only thing I found was an anti-DNA speed titer test. And those are always really high in pandas kids, but there's only one page at the top. So I said, can we run those? And they agreed and they came back and they were at 1480, which is extremely high, okay. but they took him off his antibiotics, even though that's what had gotten him better intravenously. And they gave him so loft and told me to take him to talk therapy. Zoloft and it just it, that adults take that was Zoloft. I don't know if that, that's a, still in the market. By yeah, I do remember that, but I mean that was that's an I only heard of adults taking Zoloft. I didn't know they gave it to the kids. They gave it to him, and I was just like, "What Zoloft and talk therapy for strep? What? Wait a minute, what, what just happened here? It was just like, wow. and it was just like as soon as we left, I just thought this this can't be right. And now, so. This is the most extreme case. You have your symptoms going on. Like you, you, you mentioned the numbness, but then eventually you started like losing hair and things like that too, right? Mm-hmm. Now, are mm-hmm. the other kids showing anything yet? Yes. The other kids are showing like ADHD. Okay. Um, one had some depression, maybe. I mean, it be, became very forgetful. It was the oddest thing. Like, did you turn your homework in? I mean, and some of this stuff is easily explained away by just being a kid, sure. you know? So it's teasing it out. Did you turn your homework in? I forgot. Everything was, I forgot. And then my, my adopted daughter, who was just as sweet as she could be when we first got her, you know, about this time she was slamming doors and just not sleeping at night. But in addition to that, a high heart rate, I mean, it was like physical symptoms as well. And so just like the rest of America, because I think Freud did a really good job. We all go straight to the therapist when we probably should go to the doctor, you know, but then the doctor says back to the therapist. So they were all in therapy. But yet they were all just like getting worse and worse. So again, we're thinking it's all mental. Which yep. Now being a health geek and a fitness nut, it's like, well, now years later, we already know this is 2021. Like there is clear ties from gut biome to brain. And a lot of things can be triggered, but also solved in the gut. So now mm-hmm. are you guys even at that level yet? Obviously you're, this is past 2010 now. I mean, so where, where do you think we're at? Where, where, where should we go next in the timeline? <laughs> let's go next. Now let's go to about 2013 because he never got back to baseline, okay. you know, and it was kind of just like a, you know, you're a bad mom season. Like, can't you keep control of him? Cause he was back close enough to baseline for you not to really notice that he was, was something wrong from the outside. But, but in the home, you're like, what is going on? So in 2012, I like cleared my schedule, like stopped traveling for my consulting, put a GM in charge here and implemented that total transformation program. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it or not, but it is intense. But I mean, I pretty much already parented like that anyway. So a whole year of that. And I thought if it is a parenting problem, I'm going to be open-minded to that too. And I'm going to stay home and and parent appropriately. Now at this point, had you resigned from your job yet then? Yep. I resigned from, well, no, I just took a hiatus. I mean, a sabbatical basically. I still... Yep. Just to be a full-time mom, stay at home, keep an eye on everything. Okay. Um, then our housekeeper comes in one day with a sore throat and head stroke. And here comes round two. I mean, almost immediately sent him through the roof, this time with a whole new onslaught of a variety of psychiatric symptoms yet again. So it's like a next level. 
So like now it's not just OCD and ADHD. This time we had ODD and the compulsions okay. to like, now the compulsions. Come in. Now okay. the compulsions. And explain then the what a compulsion is as for a ch- uh, like seeing a child manifest a compulsion. It's like a compulsion. It's like, he's like, um, Hey, you know, can I do this? No, let's not do that today. Hey, well, why can't I do it? And you know, on and on and on. And then it is so strong in them that they have to do it. So you either are going to like, I mean, that thing that they have in their head that has to be done, it's going to happen. It's got to be done or they can't like go on. And so I did. There's some OCD tied to that, right? I'm so obsessed. I have to complete that task or I have to complete that act. I can't let that go. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a next level. And so I'm like sitting here, I'm like, okay, now not only does he just have OCD, he's got like every subset of OCD (laughs) hoarding, like, you know, putting his little things in bags and hiding them. And uh, yeah, it was just, I, you know, not sleeping for three days. It was just next level. And so, you know, at this point he had been in trouble at school so many times, like 27 times in his eighth grade year, back and forth. I am with the principal, you know, they're threatening unruly on him. You know, then we've got another situation where there's law enforcement, this total transformation program said, if you don't do it and involve them, then, then somebody else is going to do it. And so it was just became total transformation programs are purely based on psychology, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's no purely based on psychology, nutritional impacts. There's no inspection of the home environment other than, you know, are you a safe family and good parents? Right. But I mean, like there's no, they're not, it's, it's all mental. So they have, it's well, yeah. It's all discipline, like reward, you know, punishment, reward system, yeah. you know, just like consistency. I mean, it's just, it, I mean, it's just good parenting is all it is. It's just good parenting. Yeah. But you're right. It's just like, okay, let's not do that. You know, let's, and then finally I'm just like, okay, this is not working. <laughs> you know, let's not do this. <laughs> and so we ended up getting involved with the juvenile court system. And that's when things went south so fast, because at the time I found, I don't know if you've heard of, of molecular labs, but they do testing for pandas. And that came uh, available in 2014. And I emailed the pediatrician. I said, hey, why don't we do this test? And we'll all know. And um, he fired us. Said that I insisted on continuing to look for a medical cause for my child's behavioral problems. And that I hadn't followed his medical, you know, directives, even though I'd taken him to 50 something cognitive therapy sessions, I'd taken him to a psychiatrist and I'd implemented total transformation. I hadn't done anything. I did everything you asked. I did everything. I mean, can we order a test? I just couldn't understand why. I said, I'll pay for the test out of pocket. Why? I, I was going to say, I don't, I, that upsets me in general in the health industry. It's like, okay, I want this, but you're criticizing me because I want it. Like, well, it's your job to do right by me for health. So unless I'm asking for something that could harm me, there's no foul, right? So if, it, what if it's something that answers the question, let's, yeah. let's, let's get it off the list. Let's just check it off the list. Why is it so hard? Yeah. And I, you know, I'll, I'll never understand that because it you know, to this day, it's like, you know, I'm we can go in a personal attack on you, doctor. Like I'm not, I'm not questioning <laughs> what you're asking me to do. I was like, could you right? just help me feel better as a mother and know that there's definitely not a medical trigger or a, yeah. Like just do the test. Like, just do the test. So we got fired from him. And um, nowhere to go except for I went back to a psychiatrist and I said, doctor, I won't say her name, but I mean, she'd been more, far more helpful than the pediatrician because she'd seen it. And, and, you know, I called the therapist. I said, hey, it's happening again. 
she came to the house. She basically fired us saying that we needed more medical rule outs, but because the pandas is so controversial, we couldn't get them. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so the psychiatrist ordered the test and it was positive, which I mean, I kind of knew anyway, but then by this time we were in court. And so now he's a criminal. And so the court doesn't recognize pandas. How old is he now? He's great now. I mean, how old is he at that point? Oh, how old? 22. Okay. 22. But it was a it was a long road and it was horrible. And he ended up in the detention center because as advanced as he was, he had to get um, intravenous immunoglobulin treatment. Wow. That's the antibodies, you know, and it took six months to get him into the specialist and um, nobody locally could help us. And so, you know, in the interim, trying to keep him safe until he was able to get that treatment, it just wasn't possible. And so he ended up back in the detention center. And this time the judge put him in solitary confinement for five weeks. So on top of the pandas. Oh, he got PTSD. And so it was just, I thought, um, so he's every- out of your home environment. So his stuff is still there because it hasn't been reversed or cured, et cetera. So now throughout all of that, are your symptoms manifesting worse, getting worse? Getting, getting horrible. Okay. Getting the horrible. The other kids are getting worse. The other kids are getting and worse. You're nowhere near that, your son, because he's in detention. Right. Okay. Right. And it, and it's just, you know, of course, stress exacerbates, you know, these symptoms. I mean, just because of the well, hormone levels. levels amplified up, mm-hmm. That's not going to help that. No, no. And so, so, so now, so how much longer did it take to find the trigger? Well, it, it was right about then because yeah. they, they, after they put him in solitary confinement for five weeks, by this time I was about fed up. Oh yeah. I'm like, you're ready to break. And, and I like said, yeah, woman. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I, know. I think Elizabeth's going to lose it. <laughs> Elizabeth, Elizabeth told the judge that she get her license from Cracker Jack box and that she was going to file a suit. Okay. And so in light of that, uh, they went in and they tried to take custody away from me wow. because if they had, if they did that, then I wouldn't have the authority to do anything on his behalf. And so they worked and worked to get that. And so then I had to learn law, not learn law, but become familiar with it enough to keep him because I knew if I didn't keep him, he'd be gone forever. So when I finally got him back, the pressure was on, you know, because I was just like, okay, I've got this amount of time. How how am I going to do this? I can't count on anybody. What am I going to do? So I went back and I got his, I had learned about a full legal medical record. I went and I got the birth records. I got the young hospital records from my hometown. They were in a vault. I made these three ring binders and I just sat down and I just read and read and read every word. I didn't know I looked it up and I just started making notes and putting a timeline together, you know, of when he got what, what was he born with this? What happened? I mean, and it just How became many moms and dads can, could have created that level of freedom to have the time to do what it sounds like is a ton of work. I mean, this, a ton is, of work. this sounds like a ton of work. Yeah. You know, I I don't think many. And that, so that's why I'm on this mission is to just, you know, educate them. So maybe they don't have to do that. Um, But if they go back and, and so I noticed that he had a lot of ear infections and pneumonia just as as a really young child, you know? And so as they treated it with antibiotics, I started seeing the Azithromax and it it didn't respond to that. And this and this, and it didn't respond to that. And so finally I came to the conclusion that like, whatever he's had, he's had it for a long time and nothing's ever killed it. And so it just stayed in his system and slowly, and it was so amazing to me how like slowly, like first and second grade, the infections or the infectious symptoms, fevers, snotty nose, all that stuff slowed down and in came the ADHD and the anxiety 
And so slowly he lost all physical symptoms and, and the, shifted it. The body's into, an amazing machine. It's gonna, the body's an amazing. It's going to try to adapt. heal what it can and then adapt and just try and work through it. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it was really ingenious because I don't know, I just kind of became like, okay, if I'm an immune system, my only job is to kill this thing and I can't kill it. What am I going to do? You know, and I'm like ADHD, I'm going to jump around, I'm going to get attention, you know? And I just went through this whole thing in my mind of like, you know, that you're right, it is genius. And so as the immune system became misdirected, because what it was trying to do or what it was created to do or, or however that happens, um, it wasn't working. And so it shifted gears. And so now the cytokines that are supposed to trigger the fever center to cause fevers are actually targeting the amygdala and, and it is misdirected. So you get the rage and you get the, the psych symptoms because all of these psychiatric symptoms come from certain points in your brain. And oddly enough, I just kept watching him and I was like, okay, you're always red right here. Always red, just like, like red. And so the more we looked and the more, and finally I went outside of Vanderbilt and I found just a bunch of doctors. I put together kind of a team of my own and I said, okay, let's check his immune system twice. That was fine. Immunology team. (laughs) Yep. Built my own team. I went to everybody and I didn't tell anybody what he had. Okay. I just, I was just kind of, you know, mm -hmm. I was like, I had my spreadsheet. I put the labs down that I'd gotten from the pandas doctor and I would just get them to run lab. And while we're here, can you run this test? You know, I'd be doing. And so anyway, at the end of the day, I was like, whatever is going on is in the sinus. It's in his sinus. And so it ended up, it was a combination. It was a combination of what was in his sinuses. And then also mycoplasma pneumonia, in which that that's a really dangerous combination. Okay. But again, how did that get into him or how did that manifest? Where was the root? So <laughs> the root was. Okay. I mean, and, and I like to tell a little bit more of the story before I get to that okay, point, okay. but I'll, 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 let me just I'm go. I'm getting excited. So I know the audience is like, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? Okay. You, give me two more minutes. They're not listening to an infomercial people. We're not here to sell anything unless you really no, are excited. No. You want to obviously get the book with it at the end of the show, but like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I'm reading, reading it. And I'm like, looking at all these labs. I'm taking all these doctors just to make sure I haven't missed anything. But the only thing in his system is his streptococcal pneumonia titers are always really high when he's in bad shape and a mycoplasma pneumonia infection. Well, one or two doctors already said that doesn't mean anything. But, you know, once we had the other things in place, that was the only thing still left. And so I said, okay, this has to be this. Like, it's nothing else. We had the genes tested, $10,000 genetic testing on top of the fact that my adopted children had them. And so at the end of the day, I was like, I got to learn more about this mycoplasma pneumonia. I mean, and so look it up. It's supposed to cause walking pneumonia. I'm, I'm looking and I've been researching now, like, like aggressively for six months, night and day. And I can't find anything on this organism other than like one paper from 2004. And then I found some stuff over in India and I think, okay, so I tracked down the researcher that wrote the paper and I called him and it was the oddest thing. He said, I no longer research that organism. If you think you have a mycoplasma pneumonia infection, you need to call Vanderbilt. And I was like, let me not go there. Yeah. So I thought to myself, okay, that was a researcher. He at least told me something. I've never called the researchers at Vanderbilt. So the doctor by now probably knew who I was. <laughs> so I get on there and I call the research department and I'm like, the lady answers the phone and this is great because she, I'm like, okay, I need to speak with someone that knows about mycoplasma pneumonia. She's like, well, we have somebody here that studies chlamydia pneumonia. And I'm like, close enough. So she rings this guy. He answers the phone 
I mean, who knew? And so he picks up the phone. I was like, yeah, you know, my question. And he says, very solemnly, there's only one researcher in this country that studies or researches mycoplasma pneumonia. And that's Dr. Garth Nicholson out in California. And I'm like, okay. So I'm Googling, I'm Googling it. Can I get a referral? Can I get a referral? Okay. Okay. Bye. I can tell that was really weird for you, but so I pull it up and I look and and it's this website called imed.org. And it's this doctor leaning on like a monument. And I start clicking on the articles and I'm like, what? And, and the discussions are Gulf War syndrome and chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and autoimmune diseases and bioterrorism and uh, neurodegenerative diseases. And I'm just sitting there going, okay, what does this have to do? And I'm just like, okay. So I start clicking on them and I start printing each one of them out. And I start reading and I'm like, what autism? What there were, um, you know, organisms that the Gulf War vets brought home and they infected their wives who got chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and their their kids had odd. I mean, I, my mind is blown. And so, like, I think before I even find this man that I have witnessed things happening, you know, so and now saying foreign bacteria that soldiers might have carried back on them or in them. Or- he, he's actually referencing an organism that the Army Pathology Lab. Oh, wow. uh, was responsible for creating. They teamed up with Baylor University and um, also DOD, DOJ, whatever it is. I try not to go too deep into this, but you can find the patent. Um, and what they did was they manipulated the organism and they spliced genetic uh, material from different viruses into the genome of this mycoplasma bacteria because it's really easy to man- manipulate. Okay. They made it heat resistant, you know. But but I was like, I, I don't even know if I believe this or not. But then he talks about how they infected the Texas prison system death row inmates because they need to see if it worked or how it worked. And these guys are well, die per the court order and what they've done with the terrible things they've done in their life. So, okay. Yep. Okay. Wow. I mean, wow. Um, a, yeah, I, I thought you guys weren't going to be doing that anymore. B, couldn't you have thought through that just a little further? Yeah. <laughs> because the inmates have also had co-infections latent co-infections it might not be symptomatic but they were dormant well as soon as they're then infected with this mycoplasma fermentans which is not airborne it is able to genetically transfer its um you know different virulence factors into the mycoplasma pneumonia which is airborne so then all of a sudden you've got the city of huntsville texas um and they're around the prison area with an increased rate of rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, ALS, to the tune of 5,000% higher than the rest of the country. I lost a cousin to ALS, and I spent years raising money for MS, and one of our best friends is a physical therapy doctor and her mother who lives with MS. So I know those inflammatory illnesses very well. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Wow, so those, those spike in that region. In that region, they spiked, and then it started to spread. Now, I have personal experience with that because um, once I read the story, I thought, oh, my gosh, we have a family member that actually came to live with us in 2003 that had been in that environment. Um, And when he came to live with us, it it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, I cried for three days because, you know, three days after he came there, we were doing the Christian thing, trying to help him get back on his feet. You know, I mean, he's a great guy. You know, he just gotten sideways with, with weed or something. So we went to some rehab, but little, I didn't know, you know, nobody knows that those prisoners are transferred in and out of that Christian rehab. And anyway, it's just a mess. So 
he came to live with us. I mean, three to five days after he came in, we got these huge boils all over our body. And my little son was two at the time. My daughter, myself, my husband, ex-husband, um, everywhere. It, it come to find out now we look back and, oh, that was MRSA. You know, nobody knew what it was then. I mean, and it, it was devastatingly painful. And we went to all kinds of doctors and I'm thinking, okay, what, what is this? So I have nothing to guide me. I found one case in New York uh, where they used Bactrim and they didn't know really what it was either in all the orifices of everything and everybody. So for six months, or I went Q-tips, just swabbing everybody until I thought I had it cleared up, but nobody knew what it was, you know? And then after the boils, onset of the boils, we all got like deathly sick with the flu. Uh, to be honest with you, when I hear people talk about how it feels to have Corona, that's what it felt like. Like it was, we can't move. We can't move. Nobody can like move. Chronic fatigue. Very no, like, like I'm going to die. Like my lips are blue. Like oh. I can't even stand up and get a shower. It's like, we can't even take a sip of water. Me and, and, your, and body, my, your body is fighting something harsh. Oh, yeah. horrible. And we're like, it's, and then of course the same pediatrician, it's, it's not funny. You know, I look back and the same guy's like, oh, it's just the flu to run its course. Like, okay. You know, it's, at some yeah. point in our lives, we got to laugh something off. I mean, but yeah, it's something. not funny, but it's like, it sounds like everything you guys have gone through. I'm like, the fact that you can laugh about anything right now, I'm like, okay, wow. You go, uh, okay. Like, go keep well, going. and so, when I read this story and I'm, it automatically resonates with me because I'm like, I, I would never in a million years think that this could even be a real thing. I'm not, I really didn't even know what the word conspiracy meant at the time. Yeah. To be honest, I'd worked back in a spa, marketing, had kids, and church, all that. And I'm just like, uh, oh my gosh, this is, this is true. And I thought to myself, we're infected with a bioweapon. That, 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 that makes sense because ever since then, things just started slowly getting off kilter. My ex-husband, chronic fatigue. Of course, I thought it was laziness and depression. So I'm angry with him. I'm like speeding up. My my daughter, my adopt, uh, biological daughter has got like, you know, ADHD. It's just like, and then the adopted kids, I think when they moved in, they started having problems. And I was like, you poor things. <laughs> you know, so. So this is just, is it just embedded in your home? I mean. It's. No, it's in your tissues. I know. Okay. So it's in our cells. You, each of you have it. You're just basically cross-pollinating each other all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and nobody knows we have it. And so it's like, you know, and, and just thinking about it, it. I mean, I was just like, oh my gosh. So this is why everyone in our family has one at a time gotten some horrible disease because this family member had moved in with us. They moved in with this one. They moved in with that one and, and just left the trail. And he didn't know. No, obviously. You know, that was the thing. But I'm like, okay, we're at this point in, in life where we've now lost everything, you know, and I'm sitting here and, and my bottom line is, how am I going to get, how, how, how are we going to treat this? We're going to die. Yeah, I'm totally we, thinking we're going to die. Maybe not per se reverse it, but at least stop it. Slow it, stop it. Maybe reverse it. I don't know. Yeah, because by then I'm diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, and it's like the worst pain known, known, and it's like called a suicide disease. And I'm supposed to end up in a wheelchair. I'm at pain management. My son's in the detention center, and I, th I mean, I'm just like, I, you know, I don't even know. Well, and I thought, well, you know what? I believe this guy because when I was back in college, he, Dr. Nicholson, is the one that actually discovered the phospholipid membrane of the cell, of cell. So I knew his name. So anyway, I read and read and it said, if you have it, your pets can get it. And so then all of our pets flashed before my eyes because we took great care of them. Okay. And so, but then I had this thought and I'm like, when we adopted this dog and he'd gotten sick, I thought, you know, no doctor's not going to test for this. I've already asked for it. 
I said, I'm going to take this dog to the vet and see if he'll, sure enough, the dog was positive. Okay. And so I similar test in the veterinary world. Okay. Yeah. We ran a polymerase chain reaction test. And then we, of course we couldn't get anybody to give us antibiotics. So I ordered all those from India because I mean, there was nothing to lose at this point. So I got the protocol out, read it a hundred times, ordered my antibiotics from India, lost my house doing it. Cause I'm like, I'm either going to order $3,000 worth of these antibiotics and, and we're going to get cured or we're going to lose a house and, and we're going to die anyways. <laughs> you know, not, yeah, I mean, so God, it's getting pretty bad. What, I mean, it's pretty bad. No options. So they ship in and I start treating everybody, start treating the dog. And, and I mean, there was some rough patches because, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, it, but we slowly started to get better. You know, we slowly started to get better. I mean, it's, uh, well, you have a honeymoon period. So like in the beginning you get really good, pretty quick, you know, but then it kind of like, as the organism is dying off and your cells are turning over, you have this thing called the Herxheimer. And so if you don't know how to manage that, you think you're not getting better. And so, you know, it's like now, now I really have had a lot of experience. And so I, I, I understand that. And that's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing now, but so it's a long much, road. How much stuff did you get from India? Like a 90 day treatment worth for, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't even know how much to get. I mean, it's like, I'm just yeah. going to buy a whole lot of stuff. Might, no, I'm I took that. My house, but I'm just going to buy a whole lot of stuff and I'm going to throw it out throw, and just go for it. So no, because the protocol said, and it made sense. Cause it was like, once you have this organism, you become immunocompromised. So then anything you've been in contact with, you know, you're probably, you probably have. So now at this point, it's like a shotgun approach more than just a strategic targeted approach at one organism. So I ordered my six weeks of Zitramax, my six weeks, weeks of Flagyl for everybody. And then all the time we're staying on doxycycline, you know? And so it's just, we cycle through those six week cycles, you know? And then at the end of 12 months, I tried to take us off and I was like, nope, everybody back on. <laughs> and so it's just like, you, you can kind of tell. You know, and so my doctor kids now are no longer on antibiotics and they're doing great. Um, I think I had been exposed to strep a few weeks ago. And so I went back on them, but now I'm back off. So it's just, you know, I didn't have a flare up for eight years. And so, but my son comes home with strep and then, you know, we can't help but be exposed to it. So, wow. So now where are you guys at? Is it fair to jump to today? I mean, at this point, cause I mean, I'm like. <laughs> you know, the next, next, the next four years were brutal. Okay. You know, okay. they're brutal. They're brutal. Yeah. You know, we lost this big, big, huge home. We went to like this, uh, I don't, down, down, down. Let's just say that we've lived Sometimes in six places. ourselves grounded in life. And exactly. And so. when you're at the bottom, there's nowhere to go, but up. So then we, three years ago, went back up and now about four weeks ago, we just bought a, a pretty nice home. I'm engaged now. Yep. And um, he's doing well. And so things are Back up where they need to be. And all symptoms gone. All symptoms gone. Um, I had a little flare up, like I said, and it's it, it's the stress factor, but then the exposure. Like if you're exposed to something, you know, you've got to you, you got to treat it. Yeah, you still have sensitivity, and it's like the first thing you go to Are is like, oh, I'm under stress. I guess forever. It was there a lasting scarring component of this. Process. Well, the thing about it is, is like once an antibody is created and here's, here's the concept of it. And, and it is important for people to understand because these organisms, whether it's mycoplasma pneumoniae or whether it's mycoplasma genitalium or whether it's law, any of these organisms, they have the same mechanism. Okay. They, they actually go, you know, they attach to the host cell membrane, permeate the membrane, get inside of the host cell and the antibodies cannot get to them. Sure. And so they yeah, leave their antibodies. Mm -hmm. And they leave their antigens on the host cell membrane. So then you've got this antibody now that's trying to attack that organism as it's entering the cell. 
And so this antibody is recognizing some of the host cell and the antigens from the mycoplasma. So now we have a confused antibody, sure. which is molecular mimicry, which is a lot autoimmune diseases. So you're always going to have these confused antibodies in your body. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, that's why, you know, it is very important to keep everything. And that's my whole reason for doing what I do is yes, stress is, I mean, stress is key. You know, I mean, these things are problematic nutrition. It's like, if you've got somebody that that's chronically sick, because we did all of those things. I was like, this isn't working, you know, clean this up, clean that up. Right. Yeah. I mean, oh, we did everything everything you know but until you get to the root you can't really get better you know and so that's if we can because a lot of my friends think i'm a little too strict with my healthy lifestyle but i'm like at least if i have a consistent baseline of health if god forbid i'm affected by something i usually crush it but even if i'm god forbid i am impacted negatively more than ever at least I know I okay. I I can take action quicker because I don't have to worry about oh I do work out every single week. Oh my nutrition is dialed. Oh I don't drink beer anymore. Right, like those little things. You know, so it's like that I chose to do. Right, I live a pretty anti-inflammatory lifestyle. Um, well, and I think that was key in me figuring it out because all the things that they were saying could cause it or contribute it to it. I was like, that's not me. You know, I, I work out all the time. Nope, nope, nope. I eat. Yeah, no, none of that is me. So that can't be the answer. <laughs> you know, and I just, I mean, and you're so right. Oh, it, it's, that's the frustration nowadays. I mean, we've been following, I, I have a, that's a whole different show because we're, we're, we're running out of time, but it's like, yeah, the standard American diet, for example, very inflammatory. Uh, but we've been following this and trusting this for decades because we thought that's where we were supposed to do. I've been doing stuff the way I grew up on a farm when I was a little kid a long time ago. And none of my family, I'm like, guys, I'm just doing what we learned on the farm when I was a kid. It was like, just right. go back in time. Like I did. I'm all, I just turned 44 two days ago, as you and I are referring, uh, recording this. So it's like, I'm not that old. It's like, I'm, I just, I just went back like 30 years, you know, ish and just doing that. And I'm good. So uh, but no, absolutely. I mean, I, I completely 100% agree. And I also agree with the gut. And, you know, I sit there with Dr. Groove, who's like part of the whole gut, you know, consortium when it eventually came out. You're 18. <laughs> no, I, and I just asked him, I, yeah. and I just asked him, I just said, so the gut, I said, have you, did you ever consider the fact that the ethmoid sinuses is a spongy bone and that's where the mucus is produced. And if that is where there's a pathogenic colonies as well, then we're always going to be reinfecting the gut. And so it's like, there's going to be this continuous cycle. And he just said, no, he didn't. So then the next year it was but on InfoWars. Did, did you notice that he was that he intrigued at all? Did it, did a light it, uh, go? Well, then I said, you know, I've got this formula for this tincture. Well, the next year he came out with a mycoplasma tincture of his own and sold it for 138. And I thought, <sighs> I'm flattered. Hey, yeah. I would say, you know what? If it's do if if something good came out of it to impact the world, exactly. I, I, I would take that as well. Yeah, I mean, so I, yeah, and that's where I had to look at it. Like he, you know, he believed it enough to formulate it. So well, it's like your book, right? So actually, since I haven't screen shared for a while, you've been telling such a great story, right? So again, ladies and gentlemen, it's on on uh, Amazon. Uh, mine just launched last month in August, so I, I'm very familiar with Amazon now, <laughs> as far as book stuff goes. So I also launched my Kindle, my paperback. Um, and, but the fun thing is, is like, like I, I launched my, I mean, you have a hell of a story. So that book, what's wrong with my child? I looked at it with my book cause I'm not crushing sales yet. Cause I self-published, right. I'm not picked up by some big publisher and 
my story is about serving as one of the elite hotshot wildland firefighters with the federal government out west, like fighting mountain fires and stuff. Like that's what I, I chose to leave my job and give up the corporate money and go be really dirty <laughs> and and not get paid as much at all. You know, but it's like that's in the book. But my goal is just to hopefully motivate and inspire people. But that's a charitable project. I'm donating, you know, the profits to eventually to firefighting organizations if it becomes successful. Uh, in your situation, you you wrote a book to not not necessarily per se motivate and inspire people, but like, oh my God, what if I could get through to at least one family, and this potentially fixes them or at least gets them on the right path? Is that part of your goal of this? Like, what is that big underlying piece of this? I mean, it, for me, it wasn't an option. I mean, it was my moral responsibility. It was my civil, it was, it was all of those things in one to the point where I could not ignore it. I mean, it was just not, I could never have gone back to my life without doing this and and doing my best to try to, you know, tell as many people as possible and help as many as people as possible. And so that's what I'm, I'm going to be doing. How long ago did you actually, again, I'm using air quotes as I'm doing this on the video, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, write it per se. I well, mine two years ago, and then it, you know, took me this long to finally get it out. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh well, 2015, I wrote my first book. It was called "America Is Infected," and oh, then okay. it, it was like 400 pages in the bibliography. And so, but it, everybody was like, "Huh?" <laughs> so, a lot going on. It was a lot. It was, it was a lot going on. And so then, when I did get a publisher, the first thing we're going to do is, you know, take out all these big words and cut it down to 200 pages. And I'm like, "You can't. So you can't do that." Yeah. But if then you I had to just part of the message out there. Who knows? So you could turn it into like I've heard my editor. She's like, you could you could end up publishing lots of hotshot books under different facets of your life. I'm like, okay, okay, let's just get one out. Okay, let's, let's just get one out. And by the way, I gotta ask just for fun: was writing harder or editing? Oh, who editing. loves editing? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> It's like, oh my goodness! Especially yes, thank you. Just made, you just said like they wanted you to chunk it all down. And you're like, what? No, no, there's like almost so much value there. But it's like you take stuff out, then you're putting new stuff in, and then it's just like, yeah, it's back and forth, back and forth. It's like, what? Yeah, and they had to bring in somebody to like help me make those decisions. And every single sentence, I'm like, you can't take that one. Just like, <laughs> yeah, I, it's hard, you know. When you have something this passionate, like my thing was my story, my it's passionate. I realize it's like sometimes you have, if you truly want to get that message out there, sometimes you just got to let go. It's like, you know mm-hmm. what? There's experts in these areas, whether it be sales, marketing, fitness, health, whatever. There's experts in these areas for a reason. Now, granted, you spent years going past certain experts who said they were experts because they didn't know what they were talking about to find the right expert. But like in the book process, it's like, you know what? I'm hiring an editor. And right. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Hillary, just tell me what to do. Tell me when I'm being an ass, and that'll be great. Did <laughs> she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason why I hired her. So she, I was like, I knew, because she's been on the podcast a couple of times, and I was like, I forgot that she even did it. I hired somebody else, and they sucked. And I was like, I'm sorry. You're in. They're out. I need you to crack the whip on me and, and just, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, we have to have that. That is for sure. Yeah. Thankfully, Mara was a little gentle about it, but she never listened to me either. She just did it with a smile. Okay. Cut. <laughs> I'm your editor. There you go, Charles. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, again, you, so this is officially releasing October, right? 
Next month? October 26th, yes. So we're recording this on the 23rd. Um, And since I'm just relaunching the whole podcast again, like you're definitely going to be out uh, before. I'm going to try to make sure this is out before launch. All right, so actually I'm going to commit to that right now. This is going out before October 26th. So my team who's listening to this later and doing the show notes, we're getting it up. So uh, that being said, go pre-order it. It's on the uh, book recommendations on my Amazon influencer page, ladies and gentlemen. So when you click on the Amazon banner on livethefuel.com, that's where it goes. It goes to the influencer pages. It's going to be right there. So what's wrong with my child? Uh, but to honor you, and I, I always have my guest co-host, because again, you're a co-host. You're not being interviewed per se, but it's like you have such a crazy backstory. So I asked my guest co-host at the end of the show, like if there was an all-encompassing statement or if there was a a legacy message that you're trying to leave behind, you know, that kind of all encompasses everything you're doing. Obviously I'm guessing the book is for that, but like what, I don't know, what would you like to leave behind for our audience as a message for them? Trust yourself, advocate for yourself. Don't be intimidated. Just if you feel something is off, something's off. Don't let yourself get talked out of it. I like that. Trust yourself, advocate for yourself. That's good. Well, listen, hang, hang tight, Liz. I'm going to be proper goodbye off the air. Again, ladies and gentlemen, powerful closing words. Take that to heart. Really pause on that. This is the podcast world, so you can pause and just think and become one with that statement. So, again, that'll be in the show notes on lilyfield.com. You guys can copy and paste and make quotes out of it later. Uh, so, again, go on Amazon. This will be airing before October 26th. So, obviously, get on there. Join the pre-order list. And uh, please support this message. I can't wait. I'm getting it. Uh, oh, real quick. Are you doing an audiobook? Because I'm an audiobook nut. So, absolutely. Are you doing the voiceover? I, I did the voiceover for the first one. I'd, I'd like to do it. I, I'm doing I'd my, like to do it. I can't. Okay. Stand it. I can't. When you got a powerful story, it's just me. You don't listen to me. I love books when the authors are speaking it because then you, you, you can add a little extra thing in there. Plus, I'm just listening to like a paid robot and they're hitting the inflection at the wrong spot. Or you could tell there's a really important part of that book, but I'm not feeling it. But when the author reads the book, like you're going to hit on that feeling. And that's why I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, because I I haven't even read your book. I'm just thinking that's, I feel like you could really, I don't know. I think you could really speak the book properly. So just going to throw that out there. So, or you, you better find one hell of a voiceover person. I'm just going to throw it you know, I think I, I think I'm going to take your advice. Yeah, I just, I love audiobooks when I can hear the author. It really mm-hmm. sticks home to me. So, anyway, I'll give you a proper goodbye in a second, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Elizabeth Harris. Again, check her out. Uh, her main site is whatswrongwellness.com. I'm going to have all that stuff in the show notes, like we always do as well. Uh, so, again, what's wrong with my child? Check that book out, airing October 26th on 2021 on Amazon. So, again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you too can live the fuel. And we're going to talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.